our very own Justin Baker called the Caps and Six. You're still alive. Uh, yeah. You're still alive. <laughs> and uh, myself, actually, I mean, there is you're a chance. You're still alive. <laughs> there is a chance that, uh, you know, by the time you're listening to this, that you're wrong about the amount of games, but right about the team. So you take that to the bank. Me, I have a, a much more historically difficult pick to cheer for, and that's uh, Game 7 overtime. Maybe right now you're going, you moron, that wasn't going to happen. It's over <laughs> in 5. But, uh, it's uh, yes, it's 5.45 p.m. on Thursday. So as we record this. So we're really not going to talk much about uh, anything to do with the Stanley Cup Finals, which is, is fine. Hopefully you're in, enjoying everything that has to do with the Finals. Hopefully we, uh, we get to see more hockey. Of course, that's just everyone's wish, right? I mean, except for... Capitals fans, <laughs> except for Capitals fans, that's which is understandable. But uh, I mean, more hockey. This has been a fantastic series, even though some of the games the score has been very spread apart. It's uh, still they've still been good games. Uh, well, sure would like to see the Mark Andre Fleury we saw in the first three rounds. Boy, yeah. What a, I I was listening to XM today, and they were actually talking about his numbers. And yeah, we got the nine forty seven save percentage first three rounds. This this round, I think it's eight forty five something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and. I don't think it's his fault, though. No, I, I, I don't think the Caps are, yeah, they, they've been strangling. That's that's probably the best way to describe it. It's, it truly has been a stranglehold. Yeah. Uh, somehow, they're the first team in these playoffs who's figured out how to hold back some of their speed, the, yeah. the night speed. And you can see the lack of a superstar for Vegas really shining through on this one because you look at Washington, right? They got Backstrom, Kuzi, and Ovechkin, right? The superstars know how to get it done. And I wonder if Kuznetsov is really good at holding a, a beer and not letting it sweat. <laughs> wow. All right. Sorry, that was dumb. Um, okay, well, what we really intend to do on the show today is, uh, and, and, and just in case you forgot, my name is Mark. And, uh, oh, yeah, I'm Justin. Of course, Hi. you're Justin. And Yes, what we are doing, we have gone through the first what, 15 teams, so all the teams that have missed the playoffs, we've gone through, done a little off-season breakdown for all those. You can check those out on our past shows at OTHockeyTalk.com or just click on the previous episodes wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and subscribe. Uh, but our next teams, we're finally into the playoff teams, which yes. is, is pretty amazing. I mean, We're actually right on track for the to hit right around the, uh, you know, be done all the teams by the time we hit the draft. That's that's the goal. What? We've got about, what, two, three weeks? Like I'm going to be out of town in, you know, two weeks, so. That's fine. We're just yeah. going to have to Skype in. Skype in. Right. More shows. From the beach. Sounds like great. Uh, okay, so our next three teams, we have the New Jersey Devils, but not first. I'm going out of order. It's yeah. the Colorado Avalanche, then the Columbus Blue Jackets, and then the New Jersey Devils. All first-round losers, uh, but that is your 16th, 17th, and 18th overall pick in the draft. So let's uh, let's get this thing started with some Colorado Avalanche, a team that, I mean, we nobody expected to make the playoffs. This was the worst team in the regular season since the 1999-2000 Atlanta Thrashers. Ooh. Who I think only finished with thirty-eight points. That's ooh. that was before the the uh, was it before? Well, it's definitely before the shootout. Yes, uh, and and I think maybe they had just introduced the extra point in overtime. But uh, yes, that team was horrifically bad. 
just oh, terrible. Geez. Not not like the uh, they didn't do expansion drafts the way they do now. No, uh, we've we've definitely maybe we've I I don't know is it that we've we've done worse at expansion drafts because now entry the first team's first year is amazing or is that we've we've done our job where a a team can come into the league and they have a chance to be really good right away no i i think the i think the the draft is going to make teams competitive not necessarily i don't want to say bottom feeder teams but i think the difference was with this year is uh, a lot of other gms thought that they could just unload contracts or unload players they didn't want to vegas and vegas was very creative in the way they would take other players with them and basically, and they did a fantastic job scouting too. Um, and they turned that into just a masterful team, which by the way, when Seattle comes around in a few years, you're, nobody's going to trade with them. Everybody's just going to hands off. We're not doing this. We, we saw what happened last time. Yeah. They're going to be real afraid. Uh huh. Uh, they'll be the one team that goes, guys, guys, it was fine. It's, it was a fluke and they'll do it again <laughs> and it'll happen again. Um, okay. So the Colorado avalanche, Obviously, no one expected this team to finish much higher than maybe sixth in their division. Uh, this was not a team with many high hopes, especially when they had their, you know, they had a, a pretty decent start. And we all said, well, you know, they're going to trade Matt Duchesne. And then where are they going to be when they trade their top center? Uh, and obviously, they got somehow better when they traded their top center and they made the playoffs. And they really gave the Nashville Predators a good little run at it. Yeah, not, not too they shabby. They lost in six. And so, okay, I mean, this team, when you look at their makeup, they're set up pretty nicely. Uh, Nathan McKinnon still has another five years left on his deal and only has a $6.3 million cap hit. That's, that's pretty dang uh, good. That's fine for a guy who is... <laughs> Uh, you know, probably in the what top top. He's he's not up for the heart. Oh yeah, is he? Is no, he the, he's top three. Okay, I couldn't yeah. remember. All right, so he's up for the heart, and he's got a six point three million dollar cap hit. So uh, there's that, and you've got Gabriel Landeskog, and uh, and then Carl Sorderberg is probably the only kind of funky contract that they have there. But uh, he's off the books, and then you have Colin Wilson. After that, your next you have no cap hit over. Two million dollars, over one point eight million dollars from your forwards. So they are set up nicely from a forward perspective. Uh, we, I think, even though this team did really well this year, uh, their weakness is certainly defense, which is seems to be a common theme amongst these first eighteen teams or so. Yeah. Uh, of course, acquiring Samuel Gerrard in the trade with uh, for Matt Duchesne, twenty years old, and he played really well in the playoffs and. Leading up to that. And then they also have no backup goalie with Jonathan Bernier as a free agent. So yeah, what a shame. He played very well for them. He, he did. And, and actually, Andrew Hammond, also a free agent. So this team, not really much to re-sign. Matt, Matt Nieto and Nail Yakupov, uh, Patrick Nemeth, Duncan Siemens are their restricted free agents. UFAs, Joe Colburn, Gabriel Bork, and Blake Como. So not... Not much in terms of any significant impact from a player. I don't think you'll see Nail Yakupov come back. My guess is that he is. Oh man, where, that's actually a good question. Where do you think Nail Yakupov ends up? Does he just resign in Colorado for another one or two year deal? Does he go to Europe? Um, he had t- sixteen points in fifty eight games. Honestly. Uh... I think he'll, if anything, he'll get a PTO. 
and that's it. So I, I, I say he's just going straight to straight to the K. Yeah, it, that that makes the most sense because he's going to get the most money that way. He's the worst first overall pick since Alexander Dake. Wow, that's pretty. I he, mean, yeah, he, he is. Yeah, I don't disagree with you at all. Actually, maybe well, we'll we'll pull back a bit and say Patrick Steffen. Patrick Steffen is uh, Atlanta. All right, Atlanta. They picked him with their. I, I don't think he was. Was he first overall? I, I think he was their their first round pick, pick ever. and he was their first draft pick ever. Uh, he, he was first, first yeah. overall in 1999. He was a part of that uh, epic 38 point team for the <laughs> for that. And of course, he's most famous for missing the empty net goal yeah, in Dallas against the Dallas Stars, yep. which is just fantastic. <laughs> uh, really I is. actually happened to watch that game live. Really, I, it was you know it was 2007, and I think it was the first year my parents got uh, the NHL center ice on TV. And I just, it was a Dallas-Edmonton game. And so, I you know, it was on a little bit later. And so, hey, I'm watching that and it's late and that happens. <laughs> <laughs> what people don't know about that goal, though, so that one ties it up. You know, they pat they he yeah. misses the empty net. They pass to the other side. Ryan Smith goes in on goal, and they I believe it was was, it it was Ryan, Ryan Smith. Smith. Ryan Smith, yeah. And uh, they score that goal, and of course they tie the game with six seconds left. And you can hear Ray Ferraro in the broadcast say, "Patrick Stefan, you should be ashamed of yourself." You know, I've never <laughs> seen anything like this in my twenty five years of hockey. And here's what you don't know or find out just by watching the highlights. The mm-hmm. Dallas Stars win that game in overtime. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I mean, they still get the two points. Uh, all was, was fine. They still won. But, of course, still. that will go down as being one That's of your the legacy. worst gaffes in oh, NHL history. In um, sports history. Yeah. Oh yeah. Goodness. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so, when you look at the Colorado Avalanche, where do they go? I mean... They can't just you can't just sit on this team. They have a lot of holes. Uh, I think that they they probably were fortunate to get in the playoffs. Some teams that struggled, like the Blues, mm-hmm. probably should have made the playoffs instead of Colorado. Oh, I mean, yeah. they played on the last day of the season. Colorado got in, but could have just as easily swung the other way. What does this team have to do to continue to move forward and make the playoffs again next year, and you know maybe win around? Um, two things. First off, they need to find some some depth at the forward position. I think a top six forward would be great for them. I think a player like David Biron or someone like that with some veteran experience would be fantastic. David Perron? Perron, yeah. Perron, oh. Yeah, would be great for them. Um, and then secondly, they, they need to find a, a defenseman who can come in and solidify that top four spot for them. I think they, they, they have a lot of good young pieces here. Guys like like we talked about, McKinnon, Landeskog, they're going to be great. Rotten is just coming into his own. Um, he's going to be fantastic for many, many years. Kerfoot, he's going to continue to grow, and hopefully he takes another stride next year, which is what they they definitely need. But, um, you know, Tyler Jost, there's another young piece that is, you know, growing, and hopefully he'll take another step next season. But when you look at the defense, right, Eric Johnson, Tyson Berry, um, Zadorov, Gerard, which was a fantastic pickup for them, part of that Duchesne trade. Um, yeah. I, I think one more top four 
defenseman would be great. I even, you know what, even I could go as far as say a guy like Daniel Hamhuse wouldn't be bad at, you know, playing a top four role for this team. Um, but they, they need someone, a veteran presence back on the blue line, along with Eric Johnson to really solidify that back end. And then getting some depth scoring would be great for them. Yeah. And they, I mean, they do have 23 million in cap space and that's before we've adjusted for any, any increase in the salary cap. So probably more like 28, 27 million in uh, in cap space and not many players to resign. So they are they are fortunate enough to have several players still on their entry level deals. Now, one thing you got to keep in mind at the end of next season, mm-hmm. you have Rantanen, Andragetto, Carefoot, Comfer, Tenato, and Kemenev all coming up off their entry level deals. Yeah. As well as Anton Lindholm and Zadorov. That's oh, Zadorov is isn't his entry level, but uh yeah. There's there's some players that are going to have to get paid. Oh, lots of money. Yes. So with that in mind, I, I don't think that they go ham as far as free agents go. But now, now we've asked this question every time. So mm-hmm. I'm going to ask it again. Uh, I actually have two interesting thoughts. Okay. When you look at this team, and I, I, I feel like if, out of a lot of the teams that we talk about John Tavares fitting into, mm-hmm. this team actually may have one of the better fits for John Tavares. They have the cap space. Mm -hmm. They have wingers all around. Yes, they do. They have another excellent, incredible center. I mean, that John Tavares, Nathan McKinnon, one-two punch would put you right in line with anyone. I mean, the only team that maybe has a better one-two punch is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. And even that, I mean, Sidney Crosby and Malkin are over 30 now. And you'd have two. You'd ha, you would have the next crop of those top two centers. Denver's a great place to live. I, I, I mean, if if they are interested in him, I actually think the fit is great. I won't disagree with you on the fit, um, but I think the one piece that might um, hamper them from from making that move would be one. You know, is this? I I don't think this team is close enough to winning to where they're really going to be able to sway Tavares to say, hey, you know, we're right on the cusp. We you would be that perfect addition to put us in Stanley Cup contention. I don't think they're there yet, just because of the um, the lack of defensive quality they have. I think they get maybe one more decent piece on that back end, and. And then, yeah, but how many teams are like one good defenseman away from being contenders? I'm not saying they'll be a contender, but I think if you add one good piece on the back end with Tavares, then you can easily say, okay, now we could easily we could easily push for a, a Stanley Cup at this point, which wouldn't be too far of a stretch. Yeah, I, yeah, so. that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, they have the depth at forward then, and yeah. and uh, given that everybody continues ways. to grow, and and then I think another piece is too is you know. Uh, for me, Varlamov, he, he's getting up there in age. Um, you know, he's he's crossing 30 now, and he's been hit by the injury bug a lot recently. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think investing in a, in a backup goaltender is going to be a bad idea for this team just because, um, you know, if he goes down like he did again this year where he's out for long stretches, you need somebody to solidify that, that net. Yeah, it's it's too bad Bernier didn't have an extra year in his deal. Right, they they could have uh, really used him there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that Colorado continues to grow. I think that probably once again, if they if they don't make any significant changes, mm-hmm. this to me is still a bubble playoff team. Yep, 
And uh, Sackick has, I mean, he proved us all wrong with that Duchesne trade where we were like, dude, what are you doing? And then he, he, he made out with that trade. And so uh, I think that there's reason to trust Joe Sackick. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that this team, unless you, I mean, if you can go and you can get a John Tavares, you do whatever you need to. Right. If he's interested in coming there, you, you shuffle guys around. Now, that's here. Here's an interesting free agent fit that I you actually Sackick and Tavares are probably two very similar type. Well, you of got guys. a legacy player Sackick who knows what Tavares is, you know, that, that mindset. Sure. Um, but what about a, a Thomas Vanek who, in the last few seasons has played very, very well when he plays with guys that have speed. And there's no doubt that Colorado has speed on their forward group. Yeah. And he, he's, it's funny because everybody says, Oh, he can at least play the power play, but he's actually quite effective five on five. Mm-hmm. He just needs to be with the right guys. So yeah, yeah Vanek would, would fit nice in Colorado. Uh, you know, I, 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 I guess it just depends on. See, to me, he Vanek hasn't been the guy who's. Well, he's kind of just been all over the place. He kind of goes wherever the money. Yeah. Well, he hasn't he got is, much money, but I know it's just so weird. Yeah, I mean, for a guy, guy that puts, puts up, up 40, 50 points the last two seasons. I, yeah, he put up fifty six this past 56, season. Fifty six. Yeah. Yeah. And it won't make a darn a difference because of his uh, and that one contract he got where he was making seven million a year and he was yeah, just from Buffalo crapping out. Or was that New York? Uh, that was he got that deal from Buffalo, from Buffalo and then they traded. traded him to New York. Yeah, and he only averaged fourteen and a half minutes of ice time. That's I mean, yeah, that's uh, James points. Van Riemsdyk kind of production, yeah, right there. So, okay, well, uh, that's uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Let's turn our attention to the Columbus Blue Jackets. We're going out of order here. All right, we are. Yeah, New Jersey's next on the. Uh, on the list? On the mock drafts. So. Oh, well, oh, you know why? I, 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 oh, yeah, you're right. You are right. <laughs> well, okay, fine. Let's do the New Jersey Devils. Wow, That's my okay. bad. Uh, sorry to tease you, Columbus Blue Jacket fan that listens to our show. Uh, let's take a look at this. Here. Okay, so with $20 million in cap space, Taylor Hall's locked up for another two years, and uh, you've got Zajac. Locked up for three, Palmieri for three, and uh, there there are some interesting free agents. We know they acquired Patrick Maroon and Michael Grabner at the deadline, and so both of them are RFAs. Uh, Drew Stafford, Jimmy Hayes, and Brian Gibbons, all UFAs. Blake Coleman, Stefan Nosen is an RFA. And then also John Moore and Eddie Lack, all UFAs. So mm-hmm. I'd say that uh, oh, they have a lot of depth pieces that are free agents. Obviously, their their core stays intact with the Taylor Halls of the world and Nico Heischer and Pavel Zaka. Uh, this team, again, like Colorado, came out of nowhere. They finished where Colorado finished last. New Jersey finished second to last, mm-hmm. and uh, New Jersey maybe third to last. But New Jersey won the the lottery, right? Yep. And they they took Nico Heischer. I think. For me, when I look at this team, I go, how is this team a playoff team? <laughs> Still. <laughs> yeah. Because Taylor Hall took them, put them on his back. He did. And that's why he's going to win the heart he, over he Nathan is McKinnon. The MVP, and, yes. Yeah. He is the MVP. Can he do that again by himself? Can they catch that many teams off guard again without making a significant upgrade somewhere on this team? No. And here's why. I think 
they surprised a lot of people with how well their rookies played last year. Guys like Nico Heischer, Will Butcher, Jasper Bratt came in, and these guys were phenomenal and played much better than they were expected to play. Um, the biggest issue with me with looking at this team and why I don't think Taylor Hall is going to be able to put this team on his back again, you look at the difference between him and the second most the, the player with the second most points on the team. There was a 40-point gap between the two of them. Which, yeah, that's, that's insane. Yeah, which I guarantee you is the largest between one and two top scorers uh, on any team in the league. And to me, you have to do something to fill that gap so you don't have such a large disparity because teams are going to be wise to Taylor Hall. They're going to be watching him like a hawk. And if you don't have someone else who can contribute on a nightly basis, some somebody else you can rely on, it's going to be very difficult for this team to stay competitive. And and then again, too, I for me, the other big question mark is Corey Schneider. What is this team going to do with him? And I, I think already you're hearing a lot of talks about him. They're, they're looking to move him. Um, you know, maybe this is a situation and here's a trade scenario that I, 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 you know, I thought about the other day and I thought maybe this could work well for both teams. Um, move him to a team like the Buffalo Sabres who might be looking to unload a guy named Ryan O'Reilly with similar cap hits. They wow. could use a starting goaltender. Wow. Uh, now, correct me if, if I'm mm-hmm. I think that O'Reilly's value far exceeds Corey Schneider's. I'm not disagreeing with you. Okay. I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying like, so that, those would be two, two starting point pieces. Or to the Islanders. Out. I mean, the Islanders, yes. Any team looking for a goaltender, right? Well, yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah. And, and Keith Kincaid was, uh, was fine towards the end of the year. He had some good games and he came in, he was able to, to, uh, backstop when Schneider was hurt. And I, I think this is a team to me, I go, okay, Corey Schneider probably has one more good year in him. Mm-hmm. And then he's really going to start to decline because he's already declined. Yeah. It's, it's apparent. And so to me, I'm getting rid of him as quick as I can. Yeah. Uh, even if I have to eat a million and a half of his contract, I would be willing to do that. Uh, as far as bringing in a new goalie, I don't know if I want Jonathan Bernier or you know, I, I think that if you if you go to a Carter Hutton or you know someone in free agency, mm-hmm. I, I don't think this team's going back to the playoffs. I really don't. I mean, Schneider did have a good little start. He did, but he didn't finish strong. I think it was nine oh six was his save percentage at the season. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I I think moving him and maybe a younger player, um, boy, maybe maybe a Nosen or. Um, you know, maybe even a, a Travis Zajac, who is just seems like he's on the decline as well. Well, it seems like he's hurt every single year yeah, for a significant bit. amount of time <laughs> is what it feels like. Right. But uh, Zajac's going to be much more difficult to move because of his contract. Um, but yeah, yeah it's I, a little short. Well, yeah, it's, it's about the same amount of same amount of time. Yeah, but I mean, at, at the five and seven and three quarters, I don't think many teams are going to take a uh, take a risk on a guy who, like we we said, is injured injured all the time and who didn't have a very productive year last year. Well, I guess really when you when you look at it, he played seventy four games in fifteen, seventy four and sixteen, eighty last year, two years ago, and then sixty three this this year. So uh, maybe not hurt as much as it feels like he's hurt, uh, but. Yeah, Tra- Travis Ajak. Uh, I mean, he had 26 points in 63 games. He also had his highest shooting percentage 
since 2012. So that, uh, yeah, no, actually, I'm sorry. He had his, that was in the playoffs. He had his highest shooting percentage of his career. Wow. And so imagine he goes back down to earth a little bit. He loses a couple goals and Mm -hmm. yeah, it's. Yeah. And I think getting a Marcus Johansson healthy back for the entire year too is going to be really, really, really good for this team. Uh, And you hope a guy like Pavel Zaka or, you know, Gibbons and, um, you know, who are their other young players like Jasper Brat? They kind of right. take the next step. Right. Up. Yeah, certainly. If 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 Heischer and Zacco, who are the two guys who you want to take your next step, mm-hmm. if they can be, uh, you can plug one of those guys in at center on that second line. Yeah. And you've got them. Yeah, that, that can definitely make a big difference. Yeah, I, I think definitely finding a, a, a good second line center is going to be very valuable for this team. That's what they need the most. And then, of course, figuring out what to do with that goaltending situation. Are they going to rely on Kincaid long-term? Are they going to try to, you know, acquire somebody either through a trade or, you know, free agency, which again, I don't, I don't think a guy like maybe Carter Hutton goes to New Jersey. Um, You know, I think at best they're going to wrangle in maybe a guy like Peter Morazic, maybe to provide some depth and then try to figure out what to do with Corey Schneider. But to me, that's, that would be my first move is getting rid of Corey Schneider. Yeah. And I, I think that, the Islanders would be a good trading partner for that. I mean, you know Lou Lamarillo's looking for a goalie. Yeah, absolutely. And Corey Schneider brings some name value. And, I mean, I don't I don't know how much. So, you know, you and me, we, we're studying all these different trends. And I'm, I'm, you're, we're seeing how Corey Schneider's declining. But that doesn't change the way that people talk about him. I mean, right. you watch broadcasts and people talk about him still – in the sense that he's like a top 10 goalie in the league. And he's not. Not anymore, no. He's not a top 10 goalie, but the way that people talk about him. And so how much of that filters down to players? Like, does John Tavares look at the Devils and go, oh, Corey Schneider, wow, if we could have him, we'd be really good? Or does does he say, oh, yeah, see, I, yeah. I mean, everyone knows he's on the decline. Uh, you know, Because what? they play him, you yeah. know, six times a year, right? So Yeah, I don't think players read into you know how much quote unquote people are talking about a goaltender i think the the you know the stats speak for themselves and you know like you said they play them six times a year and playing them that much you you get a good sense of how good the guy is and and players know how good he was a couple of years ago and how he was right, right. you know that 930 I mean, type goaltender hey tukarask about the same age yeah he had a decline and then all of a sudden this last year he was awesome right and that's the thing sometimes just a change of scenery We'll do a player good. And, you know, I think, again, we, we've talked about the Islanders, how their their biggest issue is fixing that defense because we know they can score goals and sure. fixing what's in net. So I think maybe even just, you know, a Corey Snyder is going to provide them an upgrade over a Yuroslav Halak. And so, you know, maybe he comes in and the team's excited to see him and it provides a little boost of confidence for him. And maybe he just, you know, he gets back on it. Yeah, that could that could change their fortunes. Now, okay, well, let's switch it the other way since we always ask it. John Tavares to the Devils. Chances of that happening? Uh, like 0.1%. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to go to the Devils, the Rangers, the Flyers. I think he's going to stay. I'm not counting stay, out the Rangers, but. He's going to stay out of that rival type of thing. That media it would be, I mean, like a hawk on him for sure if he just went across the street to the Man. to the Rangers, for instance. But I, I do think, though. I think the Rangers are further away from a cup than the Islanders, don't you? Uh, 
yeah, I mean, you can definitely make the argument for that. There's especially no with about Matt Barzell. I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's, that's a big difference. Maybe. Absolutely, but if you got the king in that, I I, I still can't discount them for sure. But can't disagree um, with that. If you're John Tavares, though, I mean, I will say playing with a guy like Taylor Hall is very intrigging. Right, so. <laughs> right. I know. I, that's what I'm thinking. Is that you have a chance to play with probably the best winger in the National Hockey League right now. Yeah, right now. Yeah, there's. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, defensively, this team, they're going to come back with pretty much the same look. Can they make the playoffs with the same look? Yeah. Andy Green is 35 years old. I yeah, mean. he's he's definitely on the decline. But I think Votnin was a Vatnin, great addition. Yes. Vatnin for them. was a great addition. And Butcher, Butcher, fantastic. Severson, he was all right. I still think he could take another step, and he's still... He's still young enough where he can still make make the next stride, and so hopefully maybe you know they address that issue in the draft. Maybe they go after some younger defensive prospects and uh, hope to address it there, or maybe you know maybe they go out and they sign a guy like um, Ian Cole or Jack Johnson, and you know give them some some nice options to to rotate in another top four, top six. Well, they did go and sign Colby Sissons, Ooh. who uh, he actually was. Uh, he had 71 points in 72 games in the WHL and then 23 points in 26 playoff games as the Swift Current Broncos won the uh, Western Conference or mm-hmm. Western Hockey League championships. Uh, I don't believe he was drafted, though. They signed him. And so it's, uh, you know, he's, I don't know, he's their top-rated defenseman uh, on EliteProspects.com. So just kind of trolling around there. Uh, I mean... It helps when you know when you have players who Jesper Bratt drafted in 2016 playing for them. Mm-hmm. Nico Heischer drafted in 2017 on the team this last year. So they they already have probably their better players that they've drafted over the years already playing for them. Yeah. So there isn't necessarily a huge pile of players in the cupboards for the Devils that have still yet to come. And so they, I mean they'll have to continue to draft well because yep. Lou Lamarillo really when he was there he didn't draft all that well. All right. <laughs> yeah. And so now, you know, the the Devils just need to continue doing what they're doing. Uh, I didn't necessarily like what they did at the deadline bringing in Grabner, bringing in Maroon. I I just kind of thought what's the point here? I mean, I get you want to make the playoffs and that's fair. If that was the only reason they did it mm-hmm. was hey, let's just guarantee ourselves a playoff spot. Uh I, I can understand that from a certain perspective, but it just didn't seem to make much sense to me unless one of them resigns, which which I could see uh, one or both of them resigning, yeah, uh, especially absolutely. a Grabner. I think that Grabner could fit that uh, the the devil's way of playing, where it was it was very fast and mm-hmm. and those stretch passes, yeah. just just like the Leafs with the stretch passes. So I, I agree, think you can see that. Okay, uh, anything else you want to add about the Devils? Um, no. No, not at all. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Finally. I know, you know, you've been waiting. <laughs> I teased you with them earlier, and now we're back. Uh, the Blue Jackets, let's uh, draft pick-wise, they – oh, I lost the page. You lost the page. Oh, I'm going to have you read off their, oh uh, their draft picks. Let me pull it up here. All right, well, while you pull that up, we'll just kind of run through uh, their free agents. So unrestricted free agents, Mark Letestu, Matt Calvert, Thomas Vanek, and those are forwards, uh, defenseman Jack Johnson, Taylor Chorney, Ian Cole, and then RFAs, you've got Oliver Bjorkstrand, Boone Jenner, Alex Broadhurst, 
Dean Kukin, and Ryan Murray. So uh, quite a few free agents for this team and players that actually played a, a, some pretty important roles for this team. Uh, and then not to mention the fact that Artemi Panarin is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. Yeah, before I get into that, so okay. yeah, Columbus, first, second, third, sixth, and seventh, and that's it. Their own picks. Okay, perfect. So, so a, a pretty easy draft board. They're picking at 18. So probably I mean, by that point, a lot of those defensemen, there might be one or two of them left over, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as guys fall, uh, which to me, even though this team has Seth Jones and they have Zach Wierenski, I, I think that this team can still draft defense, and I, I would have no issue with it. Yeah, no, none at all. I, I think, too, because you look at a guy like uh, Ryan Murray, who they expected a few years ago to be their next superstar defenseman. Yeah. He, I think they picked him with the, the number two, I think it was, and he just he didn't really pan out that well. Um, he's, he's not bad, and he's still serviceable. Um, I think he might be a great trade asset for them to move him to a team that – you know, could use some help on D, like for instance, the New Jersey Devils, who might think, okay, if he changes scenery a little bit, we could could turn him turn him around and get him back to where he was, and you know, he could end up being a, a decent number three, four defenseman. But um, this team, though, to me, the the number one priority, I think, even looking ahead, um, you know, after the draft, is figuring out Panarin's contract, and then you work everything else out because you have to figure out what number it's going to cost you to sign him to an extension. And then you can work out guys like Boone Jenner, uh, Warinsky's re- extension, and things of that nature. Well, yeah, where where does Panarin fit in terms of dollars? Yeah, not being a centerman, um, you know, he is a winger. He is a winger, left winger. What was his? I mean, you have to look. His cap hit right now is six million, which yeah. is which is relatively irrelevant. I mean, Artemi Panarin compared to David Pasternak. Who got, he got what, six points? Or no, it was, yeah, close to seven. It was 6.66, right? Yeah, I think that was a golden deal for Boston. But I think you're going to... We're looking more like like the eight? Yeah, I think eight and a half, nine million dollars are going to get it. Only because, yes, he put up 82 points in 81 games for them. But I think more or less the importance that he... I mean, how important he is for this team is just... Right. To if me, they lose him, yeah. this team goes from being a playoff team to being maybe even not even a playoff team. Right. Exactly. And I, I think um, it's going to cost you eight and a half to nine million dollars to lock this guy up for eight years. So, yeah. If I'm at Artemi Panera, and I think the reason why Chicago traded him mm-hmm. is because they knew that he would go. Why am I? I. Sh- I mean, if Taves and Kane are both making ten and a half, I think I deserve nine and a half. Yeah. And they just they didn't think they could fit all those guys under the no. cap. But, I mean, for here's the issue to me is that, I mean, you've got Zach Wierenski with one year left on his contract, and yep. he is going to probably get seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, six or seven. I could see that. Yeah. For sure. So I mean, yeah. Seth Jones is signed to a pretty manageable five point four million cap hit. That's, that's very that's friendly. pretty great. And uh, also remember, Bobrovsky is a UFA at the end of this year too. Yeah, he's going to cost. So them Bobrovsky. Too. Now I don't think he's going to cost them. I I don't think anyone gives him the kind of deal that Carey Price got in Montreal. No, not and actually, you know what? I even heard 
I've heard, not necessarily that I think Columbus will actually do this, because I definitely wouldn't, uh, but they really like Corpusalo so much that they would even consider moving Bobrovsky. I would. Yeah, just because they don't want to have to deal with that, that cap hit situation. Because like we talked about, Warinsky and Panarin are going to cost them a ton. And I would rather get those two guys locked up knowing that I have Corpusalo and just lose Bobrovsky. I think that this summer is the first time we will witness a sign and trade. Someone, whether it's Tavares, really so. whether it's a Bobrovsky, like somebody's going to go. All right, we'll sign you to your eight-year extension, and then and and with that, you're going to be traded. So you're signing it with this team, but it's all mm-hmm. a part of the deal. So that you get the eight years, and I mean, basketball does it all the time. They because oh yeah, in basketball you can sign. Uh, it's it's actually not the years; it's the amount of money. Mm-hmm. You can sign a bigger money contract with the team you're currently on. So they sign them and then they trade them. Happens all the time. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think that the value comes in trading Bobrovsky because you could trade Bobrovsky for, uh, I mean, you're getting a very good roster player. Mm-hmm. You're getting a first-round pick or a really good prospect. Yeah. And probably something else. Yeah, if you're, for instance, maybe a team like the Islanders, right, looking for a goaltender, are you giving up, you know, a Josh Bailey and a first round pick. Yeah, but if I'm Columbus, I don't want. I don't think I want Josh Bailey. I know. Okay, yeah. But that's a yeah. It's a, it's an interesting thought. I mean, what do you give up as the Islanders? Do the Islanders have what it takes? To Anders me, I Lee? would. To me, I'd say, well, I'm going to need Matt Barzell. Well, yeah, of course. You always start gonna with be Matt non, Barzell. This is going to be a non-starter right there. Uh, I He's think, the only untouchable on that team. I think there's maybe some better teams to trade with mm-hmm. that would fit this team. Which I would start with the Carolina Hurricanes, yeah. Trading Bobrovsky to the Hurricanes, being able to si- do the sign and trade, and then you have which doesn't really matter, but then then you have uh, the option to, you know, you take one of their Justin Falk or Noah Hannafin defensemen, and then you take maybe some other depth forward. I don't, I don't know. I don't think they would give it forward. I think maybe you go for your defenseman and a first round pick or something like that. And okay. Call it a day. But yeah, I mean, Bobrovsky makes a lot of sense to move. Yeah. And I mean, it would change the, it would change the face of this team. But I think that this team needs a facelift to me. I mean, they've lost in the first round every time they've gone. They, I mean, what they, they won, Two games again this year. Yep. So I mean, it's they've never even gotten to a seventh game in the first round out of the what four years they've made the playoffs. Yeah, they've, so they've got good pieces, especially up front at the forward position. But it's funny for all the the big names we talk about, they were still one of the more lower scoring teams, and they're they, pop- they struggled really early on to score goals. Yeah. Like it wasn't until the end of the season they started finally clicking. Right, which is why you don't make. I mean, why you don't succeed in the playoffs? Which is why um, you don't give up William Carlson for right. nothing. Yeah, yeah. For David Clarkson's <laughs> contract. Yeah, um, boy. I mean, so many good pieces here. Um, you know, maybe at some point, if you're not, I mean, at what point do you maybe pull the trigger on Tortorella and you say, you know, we, we need somebody. I mean, now's the more time to do school. it, Yeah, but I don't think that they, oh man, what if you, what if Barry Trotz isn't re-signed? It, it, does, it that, doesn't even look like they're going to. 
No, and so I actually hear more about the fact that he's having just family issues that maybe he might want to, you know, take oh, off a I, year I and hear all that, that stuff. Oh, but okay. that's, I mean, it's who knows what's going on behind closed doors. There, yeah. But- but maybe yeah. he just doesn't. Maybe he just doesn't want to go back to Washington. Maybe hey. he wants to go to someplace else. So, you know, you win the cup, right? So now you you've resurrected that team back to, to greatness that you've been trying so hard for so long, and now you get over that hump, and you're like, okay, great. Let me. What's the next challenge? There well, is no next challenge, but to and, repeat. And and I mean that. I, I think some of the at least perceived animosity to me between own, ownership mm-hmm. and not re-signing him and and the coach would be. That last year was supposed to be their year, right? Yeah. They were they were supposed to win the cup. Everyone had them as their on paper favorites. Even if you didn't have them winning the cup, right? Uh, most people said this team is, and and I, I thought, yeah, this team probably is better than the Penguins. The Penguins found a way to win, i.e., I, I, Mark Andre Fleury found a way to win. But I mean, right. this is <laughs> this team was that team was supposed to win the cup on paper, and then they faltered in the in the second round again. And it was kind of woe is me and doom and gloom. And well, Barry Trotz has one more year left on his contract. It's probably a, a pretty decent number. It's what he's 1. getting paid. Point seven, I think, something it? like that. Yeah, because he, he signed his his deal before uh, Babcock came in and just blew everything up. Yeah, and so. and what they may be thinking is that well, you know, maybe we just let let this one ride out. We'll mm-hmm. save the money. We know that we're not going to be that good this year, and we can. Or maybe we have one more shot at it, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they haven't re-signed him, but I think maybe it's just I'll just go win the cup and then see you later. Yeah, because he's going to get five, six million dollars wherever he has goes. to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so Babcock's getting what eight, eight, yeah, and no other team I don't think will go that high. I think what is Quinville getting? He's like seven or six. Yeah, he's yeah, he's close to that. Yeah, so I I think he gets close to that money if he wins the cup. He gets. Easy six mil season. Yeah, so. sick. Yeah, he'd have to. And I mean, he's not only is he a guy that that has won the cup, but he also he makes the playoffs every single year. Yeah, every year he does. he's in the playoffs, which is is huge for certain teams. I think you could see him leaving. I could see him leaving Washington, and I mean, it would be almost the exact same scenario where you go, "Hey, we we have this team. We can't get them out of the first round." Mm-hmm. You know how to do that. Help us get this team out of the first round. Yeah, and, and you're in you're in a conference now where you have to play Vegas, and you look at what he did with Washington and just has completely shut them down so far. So you're like, yeah, hey, that's true. if we have to go through Vegas at some well, point, Columbus is play Vegas. Columbus I'm sorry, yeah, East, East, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were thinking Nashville, but right, right, right. Yeah. Or, or hey, but maybe still. Uh, yeah, that, that that's interesting. I I think they will bring back Tortorella again. Yeah, well, I mean, he's under contract, so he'll come back, but yeah. But this this team needs to me the Blue Jackets. When I look at them, it just I, I don't feel anything. You know, some teams, and I know that's that's lame. But uh, you look at the Penguins, and you know exactly what the Penguins are. You know exactly what the Capitals are. I mean, all these these very good teams. They have a a specific identity about them. I think that's what the Blue Jackets are maybe lacking is this this face and this identity. And maybe that's what happens when your goalie is your superstar. Yeah. Is that, and it wasn't always like that because the Devils and Martin Brodeur, the Avalanche with Patrick Waugh, like these guys were the faces and you knew their faces. Yeah. And 
it's strange because now when your goalie is your best player, like off the top of your head, I, I know what Carey Price looks like off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I, I I vaguely know what Bobrovsky looks like, but we all know what Martin Brodeur looks like. We all knew the face of Patrick Waugh because they showed it, but goalies now, this is just a random thought. Maybe this isn't true, and this is just <laughs> what, I, what I'm seeing, but... I feel like they don't actually show their faces very often. Like goalies used to take their helmet off and they would, as they're drinking their water bottles mm-hmm. or whatever, and they would show their faces and they had a personality. Yeah. I and think, I think they've really lost their personality in goal. Yeah. I think outside of guys like Henrik Lundqvist and Roberto Luongo, there's not a lot of goaltenders where you're just like, he's a character or, you know, he's, he's a personality. Right. Um, you know, we all knew, you know, Patrick Waugh, he was a showboater. He was, you know, like I, I always loved it when they did that that press conference with him. And, you know, Jeremy Roenick, I can't remember what he said about Patrick Waugh. He's like, oh, I can't hear him because I got my Stanley Cup yeah. rings plugged in my ears. Plugged in my ears. And that was I mean, my only head, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm looking at Sergei Bobrovsky's picture right now, and I swear that's the first time I've ever seen his face. <laughs> I, I truly don't think I've ever seen his face before. Wow. Uh, that's yeah. That's that's weird, and that that's the, I don't know why. Maybe that's just a the way the positions change. I don't know, but I feel like yeah. you used to see these goals like Mike Vernon and Felix Potvin oh, and all yeah. these guys. Where Eddie Belfour, you saw them. Yes, Eddie. That's a great. Yep, yeah. and Eddie Belfour had the, the he had the, the mullet the curls. little mullet going on <laughs> at the back, and and you just goalies do their thing and they just kind of vanish, disappear. They don't take mm-hmm. off their they don't take off their armor. It's it's weird, yeah, and I think because of that, um, you you kind of see them, and maybe it's because of the lack of talent going through the draft. But you don't see them get as much press now in in the drafts anymore. Like, oh, this guy could change the face of a franchise, and maybe it's because yeah. we haven't seen anybody come through in a while. But I mean, honestly, since Mark Andre Fleury, there really has been a goaltender where you're like, this guy's going to change a franchise. That's true. Uh, I remember there was a guy for the Dallas Stars. They took him. Oh, maybe twelfth overall, Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. Yeah, and that who's didn't actually work out. well? He, he got traded to L.A. last year, and he came in and he's he looked pretty good as the backup. Yeah, yeah so, and that's the other thing is that but, it just takes goalies so much longer. To it really be good. does. Usually, I mean, usually you don't see a goalie even in the league till they're twenty three. Right. I mean, aside from your very rare Mark Andre Fleury, Carey Price. Mm-hmm. It just takes a little longer to to develop, which is interesting. I think maybe it's because. It's less about speed. We're like all the other positions now. It's just okay. We want more speed, and a younger guy often has more speed, right? Than the than the thirty two year old guy, and so they're able to get in there. And since they're a little faster, they've got a little step. They can make a difference. Whereas a goalie, it's more about reflexes and size. Uh, yes, yes, reflexes, size, <laughs> but also. Uh, a muscle memory, right? And so, a twenty-four-year-old has had the extra time over a twenty-year-old with that muscle memory and the and the NHL level coaching. I think that goalie coaching is still really bad. It's not where it should be. And the yeah. way that the way that uh, that head coaches coach the game at the pro level, I think now they're starting to think more about their goalies. I was, uh, I can't remember who it was. They were talking about like. Uh, a certain, you know, you have a certain goalie on the penalty kill, mm-hmm. and you know that goalie gives up rebounds. Well, that goalie is going to fit into a better penalty killing scheme, right? That's based around clearing the front of the net and and 
and grabbing those rebounds. Maybe yep. they're better on that first shot. And so there's there are different strategies based on how the goaltender plays. And at the pro level, a coach may be more aware of that, mm-hmm. and they've got more guys with more eyes on the goalie and on on your defense and on the way you're playing as a unit. Whereas at a junior level, you you maybe you have have maybe three coaches for your whole team. Whereas at the pro level, you have six sometimes, right. <laughs> depending on how many guys are out on the ice and. If you have a, an offensive coordinator and Pierre Turgeon, like LA does, and yeah, you know, who knows that guy's a- even now they you see teams like it's it's becoming more and more prevalent where you see teams, for instance, they're coming in on the rush, right? And when you know you are playing a goalie who comes out of the net like a Mike Smith who's going to play the puck, who's going to try to be that that third defenseman on the line, you might not try to dump it along the boards, but you might put it on net, trying to fake him, catching him go out. Of the uh, net. Uh-huh. And so you see that every once in a while, but I think more and more you're going to see teams start to design around their goaltender. Yeah, or you're just going to start seeing teams like Dr- Gerard Gallant yeah. who goes, yeah, just go play. Right. Like, oh, you screwed up? Great. Just go do it. Just go do it again. Just just do it right this time. I mean, yeah. it's. I think that's where the, the game has gotten maybe too overcoached on the one side and so now you're seeing the coaches that can go no just get out there and play just yeah and guys i heard from a couple different guys you know on on that team that have said it's like their favorite place to play Mm -hmm. or their favorite coach to play for because they've they've never had so much freedom and so much uh so little worry about messing up because yeah not that there's not accountability but yeah, you're, and hey, when you're William Carlson, right, you get the opportunity to do that. You didn't have that in Columbus. Tortorella wants you to play this, right. this check and hard, grind right. it out type of hockey, and that doesn't fit your your personality or style. And and, and of course, you get you get the right guys with the right personality, mm-hmm. with the right coach, and who's coaching a certain way, and it fits. And yep. you might have another guy who hates playing that way because it's not structured enough. Right. So I think it can all work depending on the, the players that you have. But uh, we have gotten a far, far way away from Off the track. Columbus Blue Jackets, and that is... <laughs> Perfectly acceptable, but uh, anything you'd like to add about the Blue Jackets? Are, is this a playoff team next year? I still think they're a bubble team. Um, the one thing this team is lacking more than anything else, um, and you see it on all teams who are Stanley Cup winners, contenders, they always have a good top center. And right now, the, this team is looking at using Pierre-Luc Dubois as their number one Which center. Which not a bad number one center, no. I think, in the long run. I right. think that he could be a good number one center. Not right now, though. Um, so yeah, right, right now, still developing. Right. Course. And so maybe this team, because I, I, I think the thought process was Nick Felino was going to be that guy when they signed him to an extension a couple of years ago. And he's okay in a number two spot. I don't have a problem with that. But, yeah, he's okay um, in a number three spot. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, you know, Wenberg's been looking all right at that number two center spot, too. So, um, you know, maybe. Well, I, either way, I, I still think, um, you know, if you're Columbus, to me right now, it's just waiting, hoping that your guy, younger guys are going to develop, get Panarin signed long term so your younger guys can develop and you know build around him over the next few years, and then go for it. But, yeah, if Wenberg can have a bounce back season, excuse me, if he can have a bounce back season, he only had eight goals, uh, 35 points, 59 the year before though. So mm-hmm. uh, I think, and if he can stay healthy, that, that'd be a big boost for, uh, for Columbus. But sure. yeah, to me, when I think about the rest of the league mm-hmm. and how different teams are improving and I mean, you're always adding better picks and uh, I mean, let, let's think this division, the Rangers were pretty bad this year. Yep. Uh, so that definitely helped. Uh, 
And I don't think the Rangers are actually going to be as bad next year. Uh, maybe, maybe they will be. Uh, the Islanders, I think, are definitely. If the Islanders sign Tavares, then I think the based on he'll re-sign based on certain moves, right? And I think those. I think the Islanders are probably in the playoffs next year. Yeah, because the one big move I think that's going to keep them there is a, a good goaltender. Is a, is a goaltender, yeah, right? exactly. So uh, I don't think I don't see Pittsburgh getting any getting any worse than where they are. They're nope. definitely a playoff team. Uh, Philadelphia is only getting better. Yeah, as long as Elliott stays healthy, they're they're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, the, the teams around them are improving, yeah. and that can be dangerous for a team that is just hoping that some a few young players have bounce back years. And uh, yeah, this. But with Seth Jones, Wierenski, you've got thirty minutes of the game secured right <laughs> on the back end. So it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they, maybe they can simulate. Uh, emulate what a Tampa Bay has done, where they were they've been able to acquire a couple other top four guys mm-hmm. and plug them next to him, so that Seth Jones and Wierenski shouldn't play together. I mean, that's that's got to be it. Just like the forwards, where we talk about, man, if you could just split your three best guys up and yeah. play them on different lines and plug and play with the rest of them, you'd be a lot better team because you can't just center around one line. Right, and same goes for the defense. I mean, if you can split those guys up and you basically the whole game, you can have one or the other out on the ice. I think that's your ideal. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, well, anything, anything you want to add as we head into the weekend? I, I'm excited to watch the cup tonight. Well, the, the Stanley cup will be in the building, which is always exciting. Yes. Yes, it will. I and, uh, love seeing the flow on that. I can never remember his name, but the guy that's the keeper of the cup, just his hair is amazing. So I feel like it's been the same guy for it like really 30 has. years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I will, I will add this. If it's, if it's all over, then uh, I can't wait for the draft. And if yeah. it's still going, I can't wait for the draft. <laughs> so uh, definitely very excited for the draft. I always, I feel like that's just a, it's the most nerdy two days of the year Yeah, for any hockey fan. I think with the number of free agents coming up the following year, especially big name defensemen, forwards we have i mean honestly when you, you when you have a guys like in carolina their gm just came out and said they're gonna make some big moves so like guys like jeff skinner hannah you know no yeah. hannafin yeah. so I, for the draft too i i'm interested to see the trades that we could potentially have because there could be a lot of big trades happening so yes and yeah there there could be some massive balances of power completely adjusted um Here's the beautiful thing. Okay, I did want to add this. Mm-hmm. Uh, our our loyal listener, Luke Paul, one of my one of my brothers, one of my brothers. Uh, I was talking to him today. He's actually headed to Iceland in a couple of days. Really? Uh, yes. And he told me. He said, "I really want Washington to win tonight because I'm going to miss <laughs> the next two games if I if I don't." So that's that's okay. his uh, his bias. He wants he wants that to be over so that he can watch it. But. Uh, so he's been on the show before. If you haven't heard, it was earlier in the season, but he's been on the show before. Uh, now I happen to I'm going I'm actually traveling to go and see him while the draft is happening. So yep, we're gonna have to figure out a way to set all this up. I can bring my studio in the car with me, and and uh, Justin can Skype in. Yeah, we'll do a little a little draft action with uh with me my brother and you and it's we'll... gonna be interesting because that 22nd i'll be doing the rehearsal dinner 23rd my cousin's getting married 
That's that's perfectly fine. So this will it'll be interesting to see how we can work around that. I, I'm sure that your cousin understands that overtime <laughs> hockey talk takes precedence to her wedding. Absolutely. I mean, hey, we've only had 68. My episodes. cousin's a man, but I appreciate that you called him a her because oh, this I, is going to be fantastic. Well, <laughs> well uh, hopefully I'm, she's listening. Hopefully she is. <laughs> uh, yes, the uh, the way that. You know, things go, you know, we, we only have, we have 68 episodes. This is number 68. Nice. Can you believe that? Number 68. No, I. We actually no. made it through a whole season. <laughs> so far. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, so far. Yeah, don't, don't go dying on me yet. in the last day. Jeez. <laughs> uh, yes, we've, we've made it through a whole season and we couldn't have done it with, uh, without our listeners. And uh, you can chat with us at OT Hockey Talk on Twitter, uh, OTHockeyTalk.com as well. And we will be back on the weekend so enjoy if there is more games enjoy game six and if there's not then congratulations on a stanley cup for the washington capitals so we will leave you with that and uh, we'll talk to you soon